Good afternoon, and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. Excuse me. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Sri Devi, who is here to assist in giving an update on the project in Candelomba. Welcome, Sri Devi. Hi, Jen. Hey. So due to popular demand, huh? (laughs) after the last (laughs) update, we had a a number of people say, more, more, (laughs) give us more. So we're we're endeavoring to do it a little more often these days. So thanks for being with us for that. Of course. So where should we start? Do you want to jump in? Yeah, maybe we can start with the story about Joyce. Okay, great. Uh, and Joyce, uh, different Joyce than the Joyce we probably oh. spoke about last time, so right? Yes, yes. So, um, so we were we were on a phone call with Teresa yesterday, um, and she shared a really beautiful story with us, and 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 a new word, at least a new word for me, um, um, Jen. I'm not sure if you've sure. heard it before. Uh, a word, mm-hmm. and okay, I'm, I'm not going to say it right, but ukuskanska, <laughs> which. Um, which uh, Teresa translated for us means we each contribute a little something. And the story is about, so Joyce is um, the firstborn in her family, and um, a couple of years ago uh, she didn't pass her grade 9 exams, but her family supported her to continue and try again. Well, at the same time, her younger brother um, then also ended up being in the same grade as her, so they were both in grade 9, and then they both passed their grade nine exams. Um, and the family could only afford to support one child to move on, and they chose the boy, uh, her brother, um, for those, um, gave him those funds. Um, and the cooperative of women got together, and each of them contributed money to support Joyce to be able to move forward in her education as well. Um, and when Teresa shared that story, she said the word, Ukusaka, which, you know, we all contribute a little something. Um, and Joyce right now is um, ready to rewrite her grade 12 exams. She passed almost all of her exams, except for just mm-hmm. one. She only has to pass English. Um, but she's working very, very hard. She's super determined to do it. Um, and what's really exciting is she wants to, the path she wants to take, and I think in other Good News updates, I think we've shared that we're at this place in the project that is so exciting because there's so many different paths our girls can take. And one of them is um, being part of the Zambian National Service. And one of our girls, Monica, is already in it. And um, Joyce is seeing that. And she is very excited and hopes to pass her grade 12 exams and be able to join Monica as part of the Zambian National Service. Mm, it's, it's such an inspiring story. And one of the nuances that I really appreciate that I was reminded of when we were talking about it um, yesterday is that so the girls in the girls program, one of the stipulations for them receiving the education funds is that they continue to pass their exams. And so this was a case where... Um, oh, so, sorry, Jen, I'm having just a little trouble hearing you. Okay, thank you. Is that better, Shadevi? Oh, yes, that's better. Thank you. Okay, great. Thanks for saying that. Um, so, yeah, that, that as you say, Joyce didn't pass her grade 9 exams, which meant she wasn't eligible for the scholarship. And the t- we really looked at it at the time and talked mm-hmm. about that with Teresa, and she talked about it with the team. And what they decided was it's really important for the health, the foundation, 
the integrity of the program, that that guideline stay in place mm-hmm. and that exceptions not be made here and there. And that's where their idea for the cooperative to come together to assist her, not as an official Living Compassion Scholarship, but as the team mm-hmm. coming together. And it just was such a perfect example of, you know, kind of that middle way of what's truly best for all in this mm-hmm. situation. So not making an exception that's going to undermine the integrity of the whole project, but at the same time, because of the circumstances around this, they really felt like, okay, this, this particular girl does need support in some other way. What's another way we can do it? And this is what they came up with. So perfect. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jen. No, go ahead. I was, I was moving on. Oh, no, oh, no go ahead. Um, well, I was just going to continue on to some of the other updates just because I know we have <laughs> so much ground to cover. Um, one of the other things I was going to say is that um, Teresa has started to send photos again. Um, mm-hmm. Before the pandemic hit, we, she would send, you know, several, a number of photos every single week and send captions and that kind of thing. And for a while, we had to really stop doing that because it wasn't safe to be out and about. She's now fully vaccinated. The whole team is fully vaccinated. So she does spend, she is able to safely spend some time out at the project. They're all masked. Um, and so she can't always send um, photos, but she is periodically when it's safe to do it. She's sending photos. And we have a steward on this end who puts them up on our website, and so we wanted to call people's attention to that is available again. So if you go to the Africa site and you click on News, which is the tab on the far right corner, and uh, under that tab you'll see um, Teresa's updates will come up. And one of the things that we just posted today was a photo of, it was Beatrice, who's one of the cooperative teachers, and Anne, who is the um, librarian, we're working on these tablet, tablets that we have, we're piloting. So there, it's an amazing story that we'll get into more another time. But we, we came across these Zambian learning tablets. And so we have two of them on the property now that we're piloting as a potential tool for deepening the um, reading in particular support for our kids. So there's a picture of the two of them working on those tablets. Oh, that's wonderful. I haven't seen it yet, so <laughs> I'm going to have to – I can't, can't wait to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other thing that's also really exciting that's happening is, you know, we talk often about our nursing school girls, of which we have six, <laughs> six in nursing school. Um, but the other, the other kind of um, a group that is forming is our sewing team. Um, so, you know, we've talked about, again, these paths our girls are taking. So one of them is – program and the first one who did it was Susan um, who's graduated the program and now we have three more girls in the sewing program Bertha, Boalia and uh, Sophia as well as Benedette who's in catering and it's all of a sudden it's it's so exciting Bertha started I think back in March and then you know Boalia kind of a, a little bit after that and Sophia a little bit after that so we're continuing to see these girls you know moving forward and then they're mentoring each other they're supporting each other you know there was a great story that Teresa said about uh, Bertha and Boalia were at the property cutting patterns and Bertha because she's farther along was helping Boalia do it and so it's just really exciting to continue to see like 
more and more growth, more development, and more and more girls moving forward in career options um, uh, for themselves. It really is. And really hot off the press, right? We just got an email from Teresa. It may have even been this morning, I think, where um, so Susan, who is in a wheelchair, so she can't use the normal treadle machine, you know, the, that mm-hmm. you use a foot pedal for. And there's been, you know, like so many things in COVID, there's been a supply chain problem with getting hand treadle machines. They literally have not been able to get one in Andola for months and months and months and months. And we just got an email from Teresa this morning saying that she thinks she's located a hand machine. And so, oh, it's so exciting because that is really the beginning of getting mm-hmm. Susan up and running with her um, with her business. You know, we had a, gosh, I think it was maybe even way back when last fall when we were doing our five-mile challenge that a donor came forward and said, I found out about that and said, I want to fund that. I want to fund Susan, you know, being in that, having a little tailoring shop right there. So it looks like, fingers crossed, it looks like we might have just taken the next giant step towards making that happen. Yeah, and and again, like, as you said, Jen, what's so exciting is here is Susan who's in a wheelchair, who's had so many challenges, but is so supported by the community and herself and what she's doing and moving forward. And now there's this opportunity to get this machine and for her to start her own business and possibly come be, bring in her own income, you know, which, you know, several years ago probably didn't seem like a possibility. And all of a sudden, this is what's arisen. And it's, it's incredibly exciting to look at what the possibilities could be for Susan and all of our girls in sewing school. Yes, and that reminds me, Sri Devi, as you say that, that one of the things Teresa said when we were talking to her yesterday was about how one of the ways that the cooperative are really supporting the um, tailoring students is that, you know, they buy pieces of chitenge, which are just, you know, a two-meter piece of fabric that they cut off for you at the store, so it doesn't have finished edges on it. And so as you're using the chitenge, as you're, you know, wrapping it around you and, and working and that kind of thing, it can get frayed. So they gave them to Bertha and Blalia to take to their school to finish off the edges. And Teresa said they were all so excited. The girls were so excited to be able to do it for the cooperative members. And the cooperative members were so excited because they got it all back and they said, oh, my God, it's perfect, so perfectly done. And so I think it's just this delight, I project, in, in them seeing these, these girls grow into capable women and, as you say, you know, have this um, economic opportunity really open up for them. Yeah, yeah, and I think Teresa shared yesterday that Bertha's next project is a baby dress. <laughs> so we immediately said, That's right. Teresa, if you can, <laughs> please take a picture and send it to us. Photo, photo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and just, exactly. we're, we're, get, we're close. we got to turn it over to Michael in just a second. But as I was talking about that, you know, financial opportunity that I was just thinking super briefly update on our six nursing students. Four of the six are currently out on what they call attachment. We would call sort of an internship. So four of the six are at a hospital right now working and had a very brief chance the other day to talk to Rachel on the phone. Um, the technology was not great, so we, we didn't have a long conversation. But she's doing super, really, really well. And one of the things that's exciting is we've, we've been looking into, you know, the two uh, gals who began first, they actually, if COVID wasn't here, they would have graduated a few months back. Mm-hmm. COVID has delayed everything, so it's a little, we're not sure exactly when they're going to graduate, but it's, gonna, it's coming right up. 
And we found out recently what a starting nursing salary is, and it's a really good, solid salary. And that is just, I mean, it, it just astounds all of us to consider that these young women in a really short period of time are going to be earning a solid income for themselves and their families. And and once again, that's going to be another huge milestone for the entire community when that starts to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sri Devi, I know there's many, many more things we could talk about. (laughs) I know. We'll keep We'll keep the commitment to doing it more yeah. often and, and keep people yeah. updated because it is there's, so fun. There's definitely nothing there, there. We have we could we could talk for hours, Jen. <laughs> truly, truly, yeah, yeah. And thank you as always for being with us to talk about it. It's, it's fun to share the enthusiasm and and love of the project. Yes, thank you so much, Jen. Thanks, you, Davy. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. And Michael, we'll turn it over to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Sri Devi, and welcome to Open Air, and welcome, Jen. Thank you, Michael. Yes, and that was a fabulous conversation as usual. Uh, You should warn me to have my Kleenex ready when you start (laughs) talking about the (laughs) Africa Project. We should send a little pre-email. Get your Kleenex boxes ready. Or <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's I know. just it's just so inspiring. Um, I think for me, the goodness of the project, and it just takes me out of this ego-driven, privileged life that I have. You know, ego has nothing. Yeah. It's I just know. so good. It's just fabulous. It is so good. Yeah, yeah. It really is, Michael. And it's just one of the things that's extraordinary about it is. You know, it's what we've been talking about so much lately in the year-long retreat. Of just, it really is a perfect example of life living, right? I mean, okay, Teresa's an extraordinary human being, and she has absolutely perfect, you know, the perfect set of qualities and skills to pull this whole thing off. Um, and there's a way in which it just, it just is. The project just is. The goodness mm-hmm. of the project just is. It just, you know, to have the the ability to just let it unfold and let it be what it is without, you know, being taken over by what I think, you know, any particular I thinks it should be is just amazing. It's just, it really is. Yes. To me, it's a, it's just an incredible testament to practice. And I know the motivation wasn't to be a, a model for development, but, it kind of is that, to me at least, yeah. to how to how to yeah. support internationally, and it's such a partnership of you know of equals of respect and kindness um, from all sides. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's such a model in the sense of you know whenever we we as conditioned humans, it feels like as we set out to do something, we set out to do something. and we have an idea about it and we're going to I can't I've probably said this so many times but I can't tell you in the early days how many times Sherry helped restrain me from researching how to run a project (laughs) you know and reading about that and she would just gently over and over and over redirect redirect you know we don't need to do that we can just have our own direct experience Mm. and just let the 
let the whole project just be what it is. Let it unfold, and boy, have it. So, yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. How many years is it now, Jen? Well, it was. <laughs> it depends, yeah, it depends on how you mark it, but. 2005 was when we stood in Cantalombo with Teresa mm. and said, mm, you know, wow. that famous question. So, yes. And we had years. we had had two bridge walks before, three bridge walks before that, because we'd also been to Zimbabwe and the Zambia thing was unfolding. So, yes. a lot of different ways you could mark it. But 2005, since we were in Cantalombo doing this particular work. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to transition us over to announcements. Excellent. Reflective Listening Buddies is a powerful support for practicing awareness, requiring us to show up and be present every week for 30 minutes. This popular program begins a new quarter, October 15th. Conditioned Mind works overtime to stop us from keeping commitments no matter how big or small they are. The Keeping Commitments Buddy Program, starting October 15th, pairs participants with a buddy for accountability and support in practicing with our commitments. Two fabulous programs. Yes, two great programs. And for these and other opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And if you'd like to talk with Jen today, you can press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes would be great. Okay, Jen, I think we are ready here. Okay, great. First caller, you are now live on the air and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Michael. Hi, Jen. This is Kevin from Chicago, who's actually in hey, Boston. Kevin. Hi. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Kevin from Chicago and Boston. Lovely to hear your voice. Yeah, so lovely to, to, to speak with both of you. I have an experience uh, yesterday that I would like to reflect uh, to you and the group. I, over the course of the pandemic, I acquired uh, chronic illness, uh, physical mm. chronic illness, and um, it's it's been a, a worthy adversary, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, over the last few days, I've been out visiting in Boston much of the summer. Over the last few days, I was um, feeling a lot of tension in my body, uh, an illness, uh, and I was preparing to leave, uh, to fly back to Chicago to take care of a few things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I could just feel my body just out of whack and out of whack. And it got to the moment where, you know, my parents, um, graciously were like, whatever you need to do, just let us know. We have time to get you to the airport. Perfect. Um, and sort of, as the time was winding down, I was just so um, caught up in conditioning. And there came a breaking point, And I just melted in front of these two people I love. 
uh, and they hugged me and held me and uh, it was decided that I am not getting on that flight and we you know there was more melting and holding and all of that beauty and uh, and then it was amazing when because of our work all of a sudden from all of that expression of emotion all that tension and uncertainty and mental uh, clouding just disappeared and the tension in my body of, it was incredibly significant over the past few days seemed to just disappear now there were still I could tell there was still the chronic illness happening but mm-hmm. that majority of conditions mm-hmm. stuff just melted away and it was just like wow, wow. yeah and it just gave me another window to what's really been going on. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just grateful I had the window and opportunity yeah. to discover that. You know, yeah. I was speaking to my aunt a little bit earlier this evening, and she said, you know, I knew you weren't ready when we spoke on Sunday, and I wanted, you know, I wanted to say something, but I didn't. And I said... I missed it. Kevin, sorry, yeah. I missed one word. She, your aunt said, I knew you weren't... Yeah, I, I knew you... I could sense you weren't ready to, to leave. Ready. You that just, was the word I missed. Yeah. Got it. And, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, you can tell somebody, uh, you know, your perspective on many different things, but until they're ready to, to see and receive, mm-hmm. and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, th- then you could tell a person a million times, but until they are ready to receive and give themselves Mm -hmm. over. And it was just amazing because I just, I gave up on every condition thing that was holding me in tension and just let it go. Not knowing what was on the other side. Yeah. And it was freedom. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what yeah, truly. As you say, I mean, here you are in this incredible, this worthy opponent that you're up against for a long, long time. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. having it, having this sort of moment of it all comes to a, we might say, crisis point. And then there's the, uh, you just give into it, right? And it's just, there it is. And you're just, the way you describe it, just completely. Completely with all of it, exactly as it is. Yeah. And then, right, there's that support from in the form of your parents, your aunt, and just being with it. Yeah. And it and was just... And watching all of that tension as you, that's been there. As you say, it's not that, it, that the chronic illness went away, but from what you describe, it so illustrates kind of the distinction between pain and suffering, right? So there's this one thing that goes on, but then yeah. her conditioning piles all this other stuff on top of it, and that just becomes this tighter and tighter and tighter tension. And so in that, you know, kind of just surrendering to what was actually going on, which is, no, I'm not getting on that airplane, 
watching all, so much of that kind of condition tension start to release. Yeah. Yeah. And then it really allowed me to see, like, what is the universe allowing me right now, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what, is, what is that gift from the universe here? And mm-hmm. it's just a different appreciation. Mm-hmm. Even dealing with this illness and continuing on, it's just, it was, it was really wonderful. Really wonderful, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, but it really had you pause and look at, really consider what is this gift, this yeah. gift that you're being given. Uh-huh. Yeah. And really receiving it. It sounds like really getting to receive that gift. Yeah, being available for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. It, it's all those things, right? All those sort of images and metaphors that spiritual types often use of needing to completely, quote, break down to kind of be broken open in order yeah. to really receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I felt so vulnerable. Mm. Um, so vulnerable and so sort of in the heightened moment that, you know, it felt like I didn't, I didn't know which way was up. And just to not protect myself and just let it all out. Right. It was because it's so clear in that, Kevin, isn't it, that, you know, that's, that's what conditioning, to, oh, that's what it's trying to avoid, supposedly. Like, oh, I can't be that vulnerable, right? Got to hold it together. And think how vulnerable you would have been getting on that airplane in that state. Yeah. Right? It's talking you into, no, gotta, here we go. We gotta let's get on that airplane and there's things to take care of and, and that that's what really breaks us down, right? And that very, and creates suffering. Yeah. But that vulnerability that you gave into in the moment is that sort of, wow, that it, it, that's what gives that exquisite gift that you're describing. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank well, you so thanks. much. Yeah, thanks for calling and checking in. It's really... Lovely to hear your experience. Thank you. Be well. Thank you both. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. And, yeah, that was an extraordinary experience, Jen, to, um, I project really being attentive to the moment and uh, letting life uh, lead me. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like we were just talking about with the project, huh? Yes. (laughs) That's yes. where the exquisite perfection of life is, in all those yes. places of truly letting go and letting, I mean, really letting life live us. I, there's not another hmm. way to say it. That's the perfect way to say yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Rather than I decide, I make the decisions, I, I, <laughs> I. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great, and we have another caller here. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Erin in Massachusetts. Hi, Erin. Hey, Erin. We're having a Massachusetts day. Yes. (laughs) So um, I'm calling because there was a, a... 
last week in the yearly retreat, there was a discussion about um, like laying your burden down. That was the the sort of conclusion um, that was sort of came out of that conversation. And I I haven't been able to kind of you know lay that conversation down now for days. And I've listened to the recording a bunch, and I kind of just wanted to talk about it here Thanks. a little bit. Great. Yeah. Okay. So looking at that well, possibility of laying it all down and finding right now that's not available and wanting to explore that a well, little bit. Well, I mean, yeah, and like, um, so like one side of it was, like the part that I personally identified with was um, sort of a realization that I'm a person who um, like wants to solve problems and is supposed to solve problems and is a problem solver. And then there comes a point in your life when you can't actually solve the problem anymore. (laughs) And, 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 and that's sort of a, that's a gift like, yay. Now you see, you don't have to keep doing and solving. Um, um, And that, you know, that's the burden you get to lay down. So I feel like I understand, I can hear it intellectually. And even in the conversation you had with Sri Devi at the beginning of this call, it, when you were talking to Michael about that, it was like, um, you know, you, you wanted to do something, research, and Sherry is like, let's see how it happens. But it's really hard to live in that space where you're just going to see how it yeah. rolls out. So that's, yeah. uh, anyway, that's a particular yeah. point of challenge for me, especially, uh, you know, for yeah. a few bits of content in my life right now. So anyway. Right. Right, right. It tends to be easier, let's say, listening to someone else on a radio show and hearing that guidance and really resonating with it. And so it sounds like you really, you can feel that possibility, but when when it comes to the content of your own life, it becomes very challenging to actually practice that. Yeah, like listening to the show last week, I was like, yes, like this is brilliant, amazing. And then I tried to put that on top of something that I wanted to lay down. And I was like, wow, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah. And, and as you were doing that, were you getting a look at what gets in the way? Were you noticing kind of how that happened? Um. Well, I can see that there's like a story about like I'm responsible or I'm the only one who can solve this. And then also mm-hmm. feeling a lot of proje- and then I project that others are projecting on me that I'm supposed to solve the problem. Um uh-huh. and those uh-huh. are all stories. Like I'm, you know, I don't know how much sure. fact is in there. Um right. Yeah. But nonetheless, in so, the moment, that yeah. feels real. It feels like you're the one who has to solve this. And not only that, yeah. but you're the only one who can, and other people are looking at you and feeling like, yeah, you're the one, Erin. you got to solve this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe the answer is to just, like, notice that. Like, I, like I, I can see in my life small things. Like, I'll have, say, a uh, conflict in the calendar, and I have found, and this is completely from, you know, things that I've learned from living compassion, is if I literally just don't worry about it, step aside for a few hours, 97% yep. of the time the conflict worked yeah. out. I didn't have to do anything. And I didn't know that yeah. before I started yeah, hanging you. out with you guys. That is <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't know it before I started hanging out with those guys either. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
And, and you so know, now and to take that. Oh, yeah, sorry, you go. No, go ahead. Now to take that. I was going to say, so then to, like, take that little thing and expand exactly. it to something bigger, that's the part of, oof, I feel stuck. Well, and there, there's such wisdom in that, isn't there? Because, I mean, we hear it all the time in practice. We practice with the small things. We practice with the small things so that when the big things come around, then we've practiced it. But the thing that's so tricky is, I don't know about your experience, but as you're laying it out, there's that place where, okay, so you practice with the small things, like a scheduling thing. It's a perfect example, right? Realizing now, not seeing it before, but now realizing 97% of the time, <laughs> if you left those two <laughs> conflicting things on the calendar to be, just step aside, just kind of watch, just notice, right? See how it all pans out. It tends to pan out. It tends to take care mm-hmm. of itself, right? And so then you're seeing mm-hmm. the possibility that, okay, wait a minute. If that's true there, right, if everything's a process, then very likely that process is going to apply in these larger places. But that compassion and that patience with ourselves, that, that that's not your experience yet, right, because it hasn't translated. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that mm-hmm. piece is also not up to us, right, to make mm. make it translate to the bigger things, maybe that also unfolds. Mm. Mm, that's very good. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, because I only trust that calendar issue because I just took a chance, like an experiment, and it worked. Mm. Like, and then it continues to work. So maybe here, yeah. like in the in the content I'm thinking about, I can show up when I'm when I know I'm like really supposed to right and then yeah but otherwise it's like a matter of like interesting okay huh I'm thinking about a person in particular who's going to want something from me so I can like you know really like interesting like how does that feel okay like sort of do that kind of oh exactly you know I mean, and that takes a ton of, in my experience, it takes a ton of courage to do that, to stay in that <laughs> noticing place when, the, when uh, everything, when the conditioning is so strong to do something or be either do something in the sense that you normally would, like, you know, solve this. This is your thing, Aaron. Mm-hmm. You're the only one who can solve it. You've got to solve it. Either do that or, you know, conditioning can just as well start to play the opposite. No, okay, Aaron, you've got to see through this. You've got to stop doing that. That's what you always do. Mm. You've got to just let life unfold. Mm. You've got to, right, turn that into mm. a doing. So mm-hmm. that place mm-hmm. that we're training so much with in the year-long retreat, is, which is exactly what it sounds like you're describing, is as much as we can, just eyes wide open. Okay, what are the sensations? But, you know, what are the mm-hmm. thoughts in the head right now? Is this mm-hmm. going on? And, you know, as when you started talking about that, I just thought of that place that Ashwini always talks about is choosing one tiny way to train with it for the next week, mm-hmm. right? And then the week mm-hmm. after that, another tiny way to train with it. And truly, something that feels tiny, just something not to change it, not to fix it, not to anything, but just one little thing that will be our foot in the door mm-hmm. in staying there with it in the noticing as it's all unfolding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Just like, just for example, like any time I speak with this person, just take a breath. Or, you know, like just exactly. a tiny little thing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then the week after that, I'll take two breaths. 
and then <laughs> or whatever and then that it just is. like it just sort of it, it like works in a little pause yeah. so yeah okay. because it's in okay. that pause all of life mm-hmm. right presence is mm-hmm. in that pause and as we mm-hmm. talked about in the good news update and you just talked about with your calendar thing in that pause life unfolds perfectly Mm-hmm. 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 I think the thing I love the most out of what you said here is this idea that I like I'm going to need an experience here too that this is going to work you know and then I'm and I'm I'm sort of like gonna that'll come when it comes and yes, it's, it's always exactly. the pushing you know it's always the pushing yeah. that sort of leads to the struggle <laughs> sort of counterintuitive exactly. but true it's true it's it's very much like what kevin was just talking about right that that's okay so there's the illness but it's the it's not the illness that's creating the suffering it's the pushing on top of it that's exactly Mm -hmm. what you're describing that Mm -hmm. pushing on top Mm -hmm. of it that's what really makes the whole thing miserable yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well thank you jen i appreciate it very much yeah thanks for calling in and this is definitely one of those let us know places Okay. (laughs) I will. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Aaron, and another fabulous conversation, Jen. And one thing that rang true for me is the idea of taking a a small step with something that's a challenge for me that I struggle with or suffer with. Um, It's just to... It's like it like brings it into the practice realm. Exactly. Well put. It doesn't matter what the step is. That's irrelevant. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't even yes. matter if I'm quote successful with yes. the step. It it brings it into the practice realm, which means it brings me into presence, and that's really the whole deal. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And Jen, we're gonna break here. And we're going to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Okay, great. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Jen. What if you lived with your soul as your pilot? What skies would you fly? How wide would you open? What would you sing if you gave voice to your beautiful This great song by Trish Bruxford Culligan invites us to give voice to our hearts. Simply Celebrate offers you a variety of ways to express your heart, and one of those is by celebrating the people you love. Our one-of-a-kind customized celebration books are like magic mirrors that reflect all of the laughter, adventures, and delight that friends and family share. Clients tell us that this is the best gift ever. Give voice to your heart and give a gift of love that lasts a lifetime. Visit simplycelebrate.net and turn ordinary days into an extraordinary life. Welcome back to Open Air. And Jen, we have more callers here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Christina in Southern California. Hey, Christina. Hey, Christina. Hi, Michael. Hi, Jen. Um, Yeah, so 
I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude. You know, I, I was on the morning show last week, and I was just really caught in that place of this is really big, and I can't just leave it up to life. <laughs> you know, it's not said like that, but you know that. It's like, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. Something about it. <laughs> yeah. As we always say, you know, practice is a good idea until it comes to yeah. health and kids and money. But everywhere else, it's okay. <laughs> we can turn it over to life, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's the, the ever-expanding faith component and um, and I have a lot of practice and a lot of experience with practice that you know keeps it from just being make-believe you know because sometimes faith can like carry that you know air of uh you know I just gotta you know just like throw it all to the wind or whatever (laughs) uh, I'm sure I'm just gonna go to bed I'm sure it'll all work itself out Yeah. As you say, it's not, it's a place that has a lot of experience behind it from your own practice. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that when, you know, faced with something big and something, you know, that the heart is just right in the middle of, um, to have that, to, you know, to, to lean on and to know, you know, to call in and be in a place where, you know, there's just no way. There's just no way out. What am I doing? And to be, to have the practice stay steady and be like, mm, well, what we do is we drop that. And, you know, yeah. we, we take good care of the person who is showing up and we, we let go of this merry-go-round that we're on that we think is going to solve the problem. And to just be told that and not be like, you know, because I, I want I wanted, conditioning wanted, ego wants someone to tell me, oh, this is really serious. Yeah, this is a problem. You've got to fix it. Here's how you fix it. You know? And uh, it's, just, it's just so loving and so kind and reminds me that my whole job is to just be loving kindness. And so I'm really grateful oh, for that. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Really, to have a place to go where what gets supported is the adequacy, no matter what. So as you say, what conditioning supposedly wants to hear is, oh, yeah, this is big. This really is a problem that you actually really do need to solve. But that's not what's supported at all. What's supported is everything you actually want to hear and is your own direct experience. You know, that place you're describing of the stakes do suddenly get really high and then to realize that all that experience of practicing, <clears throat> excuse me, starts to pay off in the form of, okay, you know what I do here? I practice. I practice. I keep coming back to the breath. I keep, you know, hearing those reassuring messages, you know, that this is okay. You know, I've been through hard things before. You know, all those places of practice that really pay off in those big moments. Yeah. Yeah, and just being reminded that I'm not looking for any particular outcome. And practice works doesn't mean that there's going to be, you know, this happy story at the end. Um, but just that in every moment there is that that eternal happiness in this. You know, That's right. <laughs> really, really, I don't know how to explain it way. 
you know. Of course. Well, because when you're Absolutely. being loved, that's all there is. And yeah. You know, <laughs> what gets labeled yeah. as bad or wrong or not fair or whatever just kind of, you know, yeah. doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. That's yeah. right. When you're being yeah. loved, that's all there is. And as you say, conditioning wants it all to be in that dualistic world. Well, okay, so that means everything's going to, you know, go my way in the end and, and, I'll, and we'll have a, quote, happy ending. But what you're talking about is turning attention to that unconditional place. And that's really what yeah. we discover in it, isn't it? Is that when you, go, when you go through something that's hard like this and you really do turn to presence, turn to compassion, to love, to unconditional love, to presence, you find that unconditional in it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just, I look forward to continuing to practice with this and everything else and continuing to walk the path with, you know, everyone here and um, and just being able to articulate even clearer and clearer steps because I'm seeing so much about that oh, you know, the cycle of suffering and, <laughs> and just all yeah. of it, but also the freedom that um, yeah. is part of this practice. So thank you. Yeah. That is a gift, isn't it, of, yeah. of challenging things like this that come up. If, if, as everyone's been talking about tonight, if there is that willingness, that ability to stay with it and to notice, you see so much about how it's all been held in place, all the yeah. beliefs and assumptions. Right? That whole, how that whole process happens. And with that, as you say, right alongside with that, with that noticing comes that freedom. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jen, for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, Christina. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks, thanks for that update because, again, it's just so, it's so helpful to hear, you know, how people are practicing with it and, and how it all unfolds. Yeah. Really, yeah. it's another gift. Good night. Thanks, Christina. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Christina. Another fabulous conversation, Jen. And what dropped in for me was the faith that comes from experience and having practiced and the faith that comes from that and being able to draw on that when I'm really in a hard place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To, to, you know, be in that hard place and to have the experience of kind of that, take that deep breath and go, okay, well, it's, it's, it's worked before, so I think I'll practice. <laughs> hmm. I think I'll bring all the tools I know to bear here. And to reach out, you know, that's the thing that people do that works, to reach out to Sangha to call in, to talk about it, to explore it, to, you know, on your RLD call, on your recorder, you know, all those places. It's so, as you often talk about, the courage that people have to to look at it and to Mm. really practice with it when those things come up. Yeah, yes, fabulous. And we have another call here, Jen. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen. Hi, Michael. It's Renee in Oregon. Hey, Renee. Hey, Renee. Hi. Well, this every conversation has been helpful to what I'm looking at, and so my compelling content is work, 
that mm-hmm. listening seems to get me in a conversation about frequently. Mm-hmm. And and where it where it gets me is I can't not accomplish the goals at work. Like mm-hmm. I, no matter what they are, like and no matter mm-hmm. how much I have to give up. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And you yeah, can't and so. Not no matter how much there is, no matter how much you have to give up, you have to accomplish these. Yes. And so the conversation, goes, you can imagine, goes back and forth on, well, I can do this, I can, I can do, you know, this work, and I can just commit to it and not, you know, take care of myself, exercise, practice, whatever it is, eat right, and all the things that you need time, some time to do. Mm-hmm. The other side is to leave and uh, leave that job, find another job where, you know, of course it's not the job, it seems like. (laughs) Um, It's probably something to do with my karma (laughs) or the karma that is Mm -hmm. keeping me in this conversation and this conditioned um, Mm -hmm. loop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it brings out its, its favorite tool, duality, and gets you in that debate of, okay, well, you know, I'll just, I, and I actually missed a few words in there, Renee, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell if the conversation was, okay, well, that's okay. I'll just, you know, not exercise and it doesn't matter. I won't eat well. That, I'll shave off time so that I can have the time to do what I need to do at the job. Is that the one side of the duality? Yes. I'll just keep accomplishing uh-huh. the goals and I can do this and, um, okay. you know, I'll just keep, and I'll stay here. And if I don't exercise or don't do the things I need to do to take care of the body. Right. And then the other side of the duality is, well, it's the problem is the job, and so I need to leave the job so that I can, you know, do what I need to do to take care of myself. Right, right. Like this job is too demanding, and there's too many things uh-huh. that I need to, to accomplish, and I'll find another one that I like better and that I don't have so much to accomplish. Right, right. And then and I can then take care that. of myself. Yeah. Uh-huh, then you can take care of yourself, yeah. And there's a suspicion with it that maybe it's not real about the job. Maybe there's a some karma going playing itself out here. Yeah. Um, well, there's a sense about what everyone's been talking about is letting life lead, and so I can drop into mm-hmm. that place at times. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, this content is so compelling that it's hard for me to let mm-hmm. it be. You know, so uh-huh. a possibility would be that I don't meet the goals and I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I mean, maybe I could do both, but I, I can't see that way. So, uh-huh. <clears throat> so letting life lead, okay, what is, what to do in each moment, but then I conditioned this and be caught up in that conversation again. Right. So did I hear you say, Renee, that one possibility that drops in for you as well, okay, maybe you'll stay in the job and, Maybe you'll accomplish the goals, maybe you won't, but you'll stay on the job and you'll also do what you want to do to take care of yourself. You'll take the time to cook healthy meals and do the exercise that the body needs and and you'll stay on the job and then whatever will happen with the goals will happen with the goals. Yeah, and that would be, you know, letting life lead that, not not planning Uh for it, but just you know, yeah. today, for example, I just said, I'm leaving at 4.30. I'm going to participate in the radio show, and that's that. 
Yeah. And then, cool. you know, I may not have accomplished as much as I wanted at work, though, today, tonight, you know, this afternoon. So uh, just, you know, it's hard to let that go. Like, It is hard. It's really yeah. <laughs> hard because I, I, I project what happens with that. So basically, you, you know, you draw the line in the sand, right? No, I'm leaving mm-hmm. at 4.30. I'm going to participate in the radio show. End of story. And conditioning cannot have that. That is, a, you know, if this is its, its big guns weapon, work, and you start calling the shots, no, 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 no. We can't have that. So then it has to pull you into an incessant conversation. I mean, I just pictured like a toddler. Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? You have to have it. I want this. I want this. I want your attention. I want your attention. I want... It has to stay at you until it gets it, right? So that, that would be the challenging place is, where you're making those, those decisions, you know, moment by moment of what, okay, yeah, I mean, I live, in a, you know, I live in a body, a physical body. It needs exercise. It needs good food. Okay, great. So I'm going to take the time to do the good food. And then that would be the challenging part is, okay, the, the conversation that it's going to kick in and the kind of restraint and religious observance that might come up there in terms of not participating in that conversation. Right, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just practice. Yeah. So just looking for tips, I guess, which I hear them all the time. It's not like I don't, I listen to the morning radio show and there's, you know, so many things to practice. Like this, this period of time is practicing with food and nature and yeah. So looking at no, and and not excluding myself from that as well. Like, um, you know, I can see the Buddha nature in others, but then it's in me too, and mm, just remembering yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can really see the Buddha nature in others, and remembering to really include yourself in that. Of course, that's so yeah. for you as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, which I think fits into this whole conversation about letting life lead and yeah. um, coming back yeah. to that practice, whatever practice we're doing at the time. Yeah, exactly. And, and realizing, I mean, very much like we were talking about with Aaron, that it, it's all an unfolding. All of it is part of it, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. this is a really big karma that follows you around, and it's working itself out, you know? And yep. so that's, that's what's going and so that's what you're practicing with. That's what conditioning comes at you with. Okay, that's good. That's your game. That's its role in the thing. And then it occurs to you to do things like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving at 4.30 today. And you do it. That's it, right? That's huge. So, again, kind of like we were talking about with Aaron, you know, it sounds like maybe choosing one thing to do like that each, whatever it is, each day, each week, each, you know, whatever the training interval might be with that. Yeah, that's actually really, really helpful, just choosing one thing per day that I normally wouldn't choose to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yep. Yeah. You know, I've been uh, playing with that in my own practice and, and finding that invariably when there's that, that training, what happens is the space opens up for it, right? Because then I really want to do that thing. And then mm-hmm. that, that really want, because it feels good. Right? And then that wanting to mm-hmm. becomes the driver instead of the, 
um, the push, uh, trying to get past ego's resistance. But there is that getting over that first hump because it hates it when we start mm-hmm. to, you know, take over territory that it's had such sway over. Oh, man, that's for sure. So, yeah, so I leave at 4.30. Tell everyone at work I have an appointment. I'm leaving, which I have an appointment with the radio show. And um, Exactly. And then, and then I'm driving home to, to do the radio show, and, um, and it's telling me I'm too tired to, to listen to the radio show. So, you know, it's just <laughs> one thing after another, oh, yeah. and yeah. Just, keep, uh, just keep at it, you know, just keep keeping yeah. the the commitments to the change, to the change behavior. Exactly. And that was the other piece of it that I was really hearing what you were saying, Renee, is a ton of support in whatever the transition is. So, mm, I don't know, right. the thing was, I'm going to stop at lunch and walk outside for five minutes. Something mm-hmm. really supportive in those five minutes where I'm making that transition, you know, whether it be listening to the archive of the morning show or it's a particular recording that I've made for to support myself that I listened to in that time. You know, it's like that thing of, okay, so I'm quitting smoking. Okay, well, for a while I'm going to need to chew gum every time I think to take a cigarette. Like something, mm-hmm. that compassion, that acknowledgement that this is going to be hard. This is mm-hmm. going to be challenging, very likely. And so something right in there in that time to really support yourself sounds like would be helpful. Yeah, that, that's really a good suggestion. Because this morning I did stop and walk and listen to the show. So uh, this morning mm-hmm. about 11. Uh, and then, so yeah, and I noticed that resistance again. Like, And it's almost like <laughs> there was this feeling today of I've got to get out of here and do this, like kind of a sneaky sort of feeling, like before anybody stops me, I'm headed for the door, you know. And that was kind of fun in a sense. Um, and, yeah. Before conditioning so, wakes up. <laughs> it's conditioning is right projecting it that someone else is going to stop me from doing this. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that that yeah. way. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll look for support to keep me uh, doing things that support my health and and then just keep noticing when the conversation starts up and just exactly with noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. That noticing piece is so crucial, isn't it? Because there will be days, probably, where you draw that line in the sand and conditioning walks right over it, right, and, and takes over. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm noticing. I'm noticing how that happens. And not going to a beating at that point and staying in the noticing is huge. It is huge, definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Renee. Yet another report back moment. I'm sure you will. Yes, I will. Thank you for saying that. I will. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Take Renee. Okay. Take Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Renee. What I loved about that conversation, Jen, and what I've learned from practice is about support and sort of seeing that I need outrageous amounts of support to be happy <laughs> and successful and not yell at everybody or stress myself out. Yep. And just seeing that, yep. great, that's true. Um, that's what I'm going to do. It's not selfish. It helps me. It helps everyone. Great. 
Oh, exactly. It's so it's completely not selfish. It's crucial. It's the most generous thing we can do. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we have time for at least one more caller here. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Jenna, Michael, it's Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey. Um, I, <laughs> it's, I, there's so much I could say. Um, I'm almost like, oh, my gosh, I'm unmuted. Um, <laughs> Everything. It's, Everything, like listening to the Africa Project and then listening to all the different callers and, um, you know, the self-care piece. And, and I guess I'll just talk about what put me in the queue today, um, which is Great. just notice, noticing that I've been in quite a workshop <laughs> and there's been so much seeing and so much recording. And... There is something about the projection email class and then the caller who called in last week that was struggling and um, Sherry you know, talked about um, making a recording for the person um, that is carrying this burden of fixing it and making everything okay. And mm-hmm. that just opened up Pandora's box for me. <laughs> mm. Uh-huh. When you heard that conversation around really acknowledging making a recording for the person who's burdened by this needing to fix everything, that really opened Pandora's box for you. Yes, exactly. And um, and it was interesting, right? So there's just been, again, so much saying about it. And then one life incident that just happened was um, a friend came over and it's a man and he I've gotten to know him over the years because he was dating a friend of mine anyway we were talking and um, he mentioned that this friend of mine had just reached out to him about you know wanting to get back together and or to you know to you know I don't know get together and and I noticed this huge wave of emotion in me, of a sensation mm. in me, and it was the sensation What was that word, of, emotion in you, and the other word was? Yeah, there was a bunch of emotion, like sensation and emotion that sensation. just took me by surprise and just arose, and I was like, I was really surprised by it, mm-hmm. and, um, and what I just kind of being in it, what I noticed was there was a protectiveness because what I know of this friend of mine, this woman, is she's been very critical of this person. <laughs> and I've gotten to just see like what a really good person they are. And it, it yeah, and then that opened up the whole workshop of how much suffering for me is around seeing goodness in people and having them choose um, Mm. situations that reinforce inadequacy and then opening up to how much I do that. I choose Mm. 
mm. relationship mm. that reflects inadequacy mm. instead of adequacy. So it just opened mm. up this whole Pandora's box of I see it in others, I see it in myself, mm. and just how mm. sad, how just sad it is. Mm-hmm. So really seeing, if I'm tracking, so really seeing in this person, this male person who is at your house, projecting a lot of goodness onto him and with the idea of him being back in a relationship with someone who seems critical of him, that that brought up that whole, oh, you know, feeling sadness about kind of goodness to people who are good choosing the situations that aren't good for them seeing that in other people, and then really seeing how you do that in your own life as well, and sadness coming up around all of it. Yes, and so there's actually been like a lot of, like a lot of tears, a lot of like, it's, it's like grief, and, um, and then, yeah, and then just noticing like I, I definitely felt like a little bit more tired, like tired because there's just it just seems like a lot kind of coming up, and I'm just recording a ton, um, and it just feels like ego doesn't want to let that rest. It's just I don't know. It's, I guess that's saying like trying to poke the sleeping bear of um, of of just. Again, it's it's like of not, I mean, just like the email focus this week of having preferences of preferring that there wasn't so much conditioning instead of just accepting that, oh my gosh, we all are up against the same thing of just, you know, life reflects how awesome we are and and we keep choosing yeah. or I'll speak for myself I keep choosing things that are challenging that more reflect how I'm not okay and yeah. not I mean not always but there's been a particular relationship yeah. that's reflected that and yeah. Um, it, yeah it is so interesting isn't it because so it sounds like where conditioning wants to take that is to keep kind of as you say, poking at it, like, you know, doing whatever it's going to do with it, where that could just be one of those, just wow. I mean, kind of like other people have described tonight on the show, you know, Kevin starting us off, just one of those places where it kind of, wow, things are really cracked wide open. And there's just, in this case, it sounds like just seeing what we're up against, right? There's the goodness that we each are. And then there's that condition process laid on top of it. In this case, the choosing to, you know, be around people or situations or that kind of thing that don't center mirror our goodness. And one possibility with that could just be to be with that cracked open place. Wow, we're up against a lot as conditioned humans. Yeah. And really, I think, Jen, hearing me say that, I think it just comes down to that. And I'm so glad I called because it just feels like ego wants to make it more complex than that, than just being with that, like, wow, this is really, we're up against this challenge that is not who we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that place, you know, as you say, I mean, you're projecting it onto this fellow, maybe it's so, maybe it isn't, but but that place of, we know in ourselves how challenging it is sometimes, even though we, we 
you know, know that pattern in ourselves and we know maybe I don't want to make that decision. It's, I mean, it's whatever we're talking about, it's what Renee was saying. I know these are the choices I want to make in my life, you know, and then when it comes to make them, it can be really challenging. And, and for me so often when I really look at that straight on and see what, as you're describing, how challenging it is, it engenders so much compassion, so much patience for me, for everyone, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and even um, I think that there, yeah, it's just a good, good reminder that the redirect just has to come to staying with and there's nothing more to be done than just being with it in compassion and um, but that is the transformation isn't it the being with it in compassion yeah it you know it it it, it is and um, yeah it really is and it's just unbelievable the show that goes on to try to, to try to get attention other than being with it in compassion. Yes. So true. It's so true. And it's why it's so crucial that we, we do talk about that, yes, it's not about the content of our lives, but how important it is for each of us to catch on to how that incredible show, as you described it, it's a perfect way to describe it, the show that ego puts on for each of us you know, that illusion, that all that stuff that it puts in front of each of us that makes it feel so real. And that's why the noticing is so huge because when we start to really just notice as that all happens, then you get to see how it happens and, you know, slowly, slowly see through, you know, not believe it anymore, not go with it anymore when it starts to play that. Yeah, yeah, that's so fun, Jen. When you just said that, it's like just notice and notice and notice. And um, today, I noticed that, like, wow, like, where are you? And I took some time off of my workday, and I just listened to just recordings, just the you know, just recent recordings, and and got to witness, like, because I've made so many just from a witnessing place of. Noticing just, wow, oh my gosh, there's been so much. And, um, and at the end of that, like realizing that I don't have to like, do anything with it because there's like, oh my God, like where is that recording? And I need to hear that all the time. And, yeah, and, um, exactly. But yeah. just like, yeah, I guess it just all points right back to exactly what you were reflecting of. We get to just be with it. We get to notice it. And then uh, you mentioned earlier in the show, like, it's just the pause. And then what's that, you know, small practice movement? And I think for me a lot, it's just so important just to sit still. (laughs) Yeah, right. And, And what you just said illustrates so perfectly the power of presence. Right? So first of all, it dropped in for you to stop in your work day and listen to recordings, and you did it. Right, that's huge. Yeah. And then to watch, now the show, Ego's like, okay, now we're in trouble because she's, <laughs> again, like we looked at with Renee, now she's starting to make her own decisions in her life. So 
what show is it going to put on now? Oh, it's going to put on the show of, God, that recording is so good. Now what am I going to do with that? Okay, I've got to make sure that I listen to that recording. But then that, you were seeing that, right? You notice that and then realize, okay, that's just the next story. No, I don't. I can just be here in this moment, this moment, this moment, this moment, this moment. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh, it's so crazy. I'm so glad I got unmuted. It's um, <laughs> it's a it's a game changer. It is the whole it's thing. It's like finding yeah, it's thing. like the yeah. Wizard of Oz when the when the tornado you yeah know, we finally find our way home we're out of the tornado. <laughs> yeah, just pulling that curtain back over and over and over. There's over nothing scary back there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, That's Michael. Crazy. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome. Go happy. Thanks. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Tracy. And Jen, how did we get so many amazing conversations in here? I, I'm I think it has to do with maybe being part of an amazing sangha. Yes, an amazing sangha, <laughs> an amazing practice, and uh, I feel yeah. very blessed to be part of it. Yeah. Me too. All right. Thanks for Thank being here tonight, Jen. And you too as well. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night.